It's Friday, and that means it's date night. I'm your host for the episode, Kyle. And I'm your co-host, Cassidy. And I kind of fucked that up because I started with uh, date night. But yeah, this is date Date night. night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so as we just plug along with our next Christmas movie, I decided to pick one of my favorite Christmas movies. But before we get into that, we had ourselves a little date night. As we yeah. like to do on this podcast we called date, date Night. night. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a date weekend. We went on a date. It wasn't really a date Saturday. We just had people over, I guess. No, we went, no, we went on a date, didn't we? Yeah. We went out to eat. We went out to celebrate our anniversary. Oh my God, I'm going to yeah. be in trouble for that one. Jesus. <laughs> Even I picked out the restaurant too. You know what I mean? You think I remember that. I know. Yeah, me and Kyle went to dinner for our four-year anniversary. Only like a week late. Yeah, it was like four days late. <laughs> yeah, I was so sick on our anniversary. He fell asleep at 6 p.m. Yeah, the day before, the day of, and then the two days after our anniversary, I was sick. I yeah. felt like I was run over by a truck, man. And I just couldn't get out of my own way, and I just... Next thing I knew, you were like, hey, we got to take the dogs out. And it was 8.30, and I was like, wow, I feel so bad. We just wasted our whole anniversary sleeping on the couch. And you were like, yeah, I didn't sleep. You just kind of laid on me. I was like, oh, my bad. (laughs) No, but we went out to dinner. We went to a place um, like a mile down the road from our apartment. That we've been dying to try, though. Yes, called Sicilian Table. Yeah. And it was cute. The vibes were good. It was cute. And we both got mocktails for the first time. I got a mocktail for the first time. You've had mocktails. But it was so much better. Yeah. Because I'm paying a little less money and I don't go, ooh, I don't know if I like this afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know if we've talked about this on here, but I do not have a great poker face when it comes to the taste of alcohol. Oh, no, she does not. She likes to let everybody know around her that she's not an alcohol girly while drinking alcohol. Yeah. There's not an alcohol that I taste and I'm like, mmm, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way you like phrase that is just great no so every time we go out to eat and i try and get a alcoholic beverage i inevitably make a scrunch face and it is so funny because the first thing you do when we get that little menu that has all the drinks on it is you look at them and you're like this one sounds delicious yes and i'm like i know you think it sounds good but on paper it does when you drink that you're just gonna be like oh my god this is terrible and inevitably when you do get a drink you're like why did i get this yeah <laughs> Yeah, and I do the little scrunch face, and Kyle gets mad at me because he thinks it's rude. You gotta act like you've been there before. <laughs> We're a team, and you gotta act like you've been there before. If you and look I, bad, I look bad. I inevitably either suffer through drinking it or give it to Kyle. Which, like, I don't know why you think you're gonna like it every time. Because I want to. The I definition want to like of it. insanity is doing the same well, thing over know, and over again, expecting other, different results. And, sweetie, you get the same results every single time. Maybe I just haven't found my drink. Okay, my signature drink. Carrie Bradfield's signature drink was a Cosmopolitan. Who's Carrie Bradfield? Sex in the City. Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw's (laughs) um, signature drink was a Cosmo. Is it really? Yes. I didn't know that. I didn't know she had like a signature drink. 
So maybe I just have, I've never tried a Cosmo. Maybe mine's a Cosmo too. I feel like occasionally, like every so often, because you don't, be, you don't drink like at all anyway. No. So like when we go out and you do get a drink, I feel like you gravitate towards like a lemon drop. Yes. Or just like a rum and coke. Only if it's Malibu though. Yes. Rum and Diet Coke. Yes. Only if they have those two things. Yes. Um, but I just want to like expand my path. I want to be able to go out and order like a cool drink. Not, can I get an 11 drop? Yeah. <laughs> but it's ex- it's expensive to experiment with drinks and then like, and then not, not like, like it. Them. It's not worth so, it. It's not worth it. Maybe mocktails are for me. You're paying like 14 bucks just to go, ooh, I don't like that. And then give yeah. it to me. You know what I mean? So like, but even, it's not worth even it. But even out to dinner, you got the better mocktail. I did. I have an eye for that, sweetie. I have an eye for good drinks. Because like my weakness is just good tasting drinks. I am a fiend. I want all the sodas. I want all the energy drinks. I want all the Gatorades. I want, like, if it's a fancy, fun drink that's just, you know, not just straight up water, I want to try it. (laughs) And so I have a a knack for that. Yeah. My drink was tart. Yeah. I don't know why you got it either. I was, like, looking at it It afterwards and I was like, I don't know. What what was it again? I can't remember, but I remember reading it and being like, I don't know. Oh, that's right. All I got was apple cider. I don't know why you were being like. Ginger ale? Not ginger ale. There's no or way. soda. Maybe just like soda, like soda water, water or something. I don't know, but his was better. It was like his was like strawberry and hell yeah, it was lime and good. I was reading yours and I thought, okay, maybe that'll taste good. And when I tasted, it, I was like, this is just carbonated apple cider. Like that's all that it tasted tart like. Tart apple me. cider. It was a little tart. I'll give you that. It was a little tart. It wasn't like crazy, but yeah, it was a nice fancy Italian restaurant. We had a yes. good time, and then afterwards, uh, your brother and his girlfriend came over. Yep. And we played, we just talked and played Cards Against Humanity. And then Sunday, I finally, for the first time <laughs> since September, was able to go to the movie theater. Yeah. And I was just in heaven the whole time. Just like being back in the theater. It's my home away from home. And I just, I do prefer AMCs. I'm not going to lie. They're just nicer. But the one that we go to is a Regal. And hey, I'm fine with it. I did not go. We had separate days. <laughs> it is true. You didn't go. I say we, but it was me. <laughs> I didn't want to go. So I didn't want to see the movies he was seeing. Yeah, I wasn't seeing anything. Like, I wasn't seeing a movie. When you said you didn't want to go, I was like, that was the smart decision. I was like, this yeah. probably best for you. Like, for you. Because I know you wouldn't. You wouldn't. I would have a great time if you were there. But, like, I know you would be like, oh, my God, I'm miserable. Yeah, and I don't know if I could sit for two movies in a row like that. Yeah. And, I mean, they're both. I saw Napoleon, which is two and a half hours. And I saw The Boy and the Heron, which is two hours and five minutes. So, like, yeah. it's a long day. It's, like, back-to-back movies. Yeah. Um, But I do have to say, the Napoleon movie is getting a four-hour director's cut. And I am going to watch that because the entire time I was watching Napoleon, I was like... This movie is so long, but it's moving way too fast and needs to slow down. And the fact I said that about a two and a half hour movie, like, <laughs> you did something wrong. You know what I mean? Ew. That's gross. For anyone who doesn't know me as a person, I don't like You're when... Really going to say this? I am. I don't okay. like when hair is not attached to the head. Now, I have very long hair. I wear it in a bun. Um, as you can see on all my fucking videos I post. But there's something about the hair that once it comes out of my head and onto my hand makes me want to vomit. Makes me, like, physically my skin starts to crawl. I get a little clammy. The world starts to spin. And Cass just had one that she pulled off of her sock and it looked like it was a mile long and I almost just gagged. (laughs) And it's all my hair, too. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's mine. Right. 
But I just, if anyone knows what that is, like what, why that's, I am the way I am. That'd be cool if you could tell me like if there's a word for that. Yeah. It's fine when it's on your head. Like he'll play with your hair when it's on your head. As soon as it comes off your head, like if he's rubbing your head and he gets a piece of hair wrapped in his fingers, game over. I I, like, it's not even like a, (laughs) like a, oh, let me just gross. Let me brush it off. I, I'll go into like shut down mode. like, yeah, my body just starts convulsing and I'm like, I freeze. I can't get rid of it. Someone else has to come help me out. It's. It's a whole situation, okay? <laughs> okay, anyway, let's launch into our next segment. What are we doing? Hey, Dad. Mom, hey. Listen, hey. Mom, I got bad news. We're not going to be able to make it tomorrow. It's me. No one was more upset than we were last yeah, year that she got into a half and deal make with the it situation. Every year, Brad and Kate spend the holidays avoiding their families. No flights are coming in and no flights are going out. This isn't happening. Do you have a sister airline? No, I'm sorry. How about a cousin airline? No, we don't. How about like an airline that your airline's felt up before? But this year... Where are you headed for the holidays? They'll be forced to celebrate... Hi, Mom. It's my dad. They just saw us on the news. ...with all of them. Okay, he's going to give you a big hug when he sees you, Mom. I'm not hugging anybody. We're in Christmas movie month, which is a tradition that Cass has started with maybe in honor, in honor of our horror movie month that I make her sit through. Spooky movie month. Spooky movie month is what we call it. I'm not like a huge Christmas guy, and I know that makes me sound like a Scrooge, but I'm... Speaking of, we should definitely watch A Christmas Carol. Yes, we should. Maybe not the Jim Carrey one. Very terrifying. The animation of that actually scares the shit out of me, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Uh, but we should. It's an absolute Christmas classic. But... There are a few that I really enjoy, even if other people don't. And for me, the best Christmas movie of all time, probably, is Four Christmases. And so I had to pick it. And while we were watching it, I realized, unfortunately, I'm a lot more like Brad than I had ever noticed. And watching this, Cass kept looking at me and I was like, oh, I, I see it now. I see... I'm fucking Brad. <laughs> I'm Brad. Isn't one of your other favorite Christmas movies Fred Claus? Yeah, which well, he's also, also in. Yeah, yeah. I, I like see him here. He doesn't like the Christmas movie. He likes Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah, I like Vince Vaughn. He gives me I don't know. He's just comforting. It's kind of like I feel like Miles Teller is like a young Vince Vaughn. They have that same sort of like vibe. Like the way they speak, it feels like they're just like. They start rattling shit off at you, and you're just like caught up in the moment because you're like, "How are you coming up with this shit right now?" Yeah, you know what I mean. It's got this cool charisma. I'm just a Vince Vaughn guy. I feel like, and so maybe it's not even the fact that Christmas movies. It's just Vince Vaughn movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Kyle mentions Miles Teller because he just watched a Miles Teller movie. That was like yeah. out, of, out of like left wing over there. No, I just think Is that it they... left wing or right wing does left it matter? Field. Left field. Left field. <laughs> you're not even in the same stratosphere. <laughs> <laughs> No, I did watch The Spectacular now, but it reminded me, like, while he was talking, I was like, there it is, Vince Vaughn. But I picked this mainly because I have always loved it. It was a tradition in our family to watch this. Uh, We bought it on DVD, like, as soon as it came out, like, back when you had to go to, like, Quick Stop to buy it. I think another reason why I like it is because it was one of the first Christmas movies I can remember actually watching that was more... It wasn't, like, a traditional Christmas movie. It wasn't, like, get the whole family together and... Open up presents. Oh no, the presents were stolen. What happened? Or like, oh, Santa's sick and we got to figure out what's going on. You know what I mean? Or the elves are need to need to help Santa get his you know groove back. I, I don't know. I just felt like this one was the first one I watched where it was just regular people doing regular things on Christmas, like regular 
right. I don't know, normal Christmases. It was nothing crazy. It's just these people going to their family's houses right. for Christmas. It shows like the imperfectness of Christmas if you yes. have to do like multiple Christmases. Now that's what I want. I don't want to get it too far into that because I do have it written down in my notes. So that's something I do want to talk okay. about. <laughs> but that was just why I wanted to pick this. Have you ever seen this movie prior to us watching it for the podcast? Yeah, we've okay. watched it before. We've watched it together before? Yeah. Usually I'm the one who knows all that shit. Yeah, we've definitely watched it together. Okay, cool. Usually it's me who's like, ah, oh, we watched it on this day, in in this room, on this platform. And you're always like, how do you remember that? And I'm like, useless up here. Nothing but a steel <laughs> trap for useless bullshit facts about my life. Um, so are you ready to move into our topics? You ready to talk about Four Christmases? Yeah. Let's fucking do Let's it. Let's do it. Actually, eat yeah. while you play that. Just flip the tube. Excuse me? Flip the tube. Okay. On your mark, get set, go. Capital of China. Hong Kong. Yes. Thing next to your bed on the nightstand. A sock? Yes. I helped you come up with this when you were drunk and you came home from the bar last Thursday. Alibi. Yes. All right. The thing I'm not allowed to wear to Supercross. Miniskirt? Yes. Me and you dry humping on the beach. A screensaver. Yes, baby. This game is so easy. The only man that I'm allowed to cheat on you with. John Grisham. Yes. Mexican dude. Ricardo Montalban. Yes. Hi. Right here. Right here. So the first thing I have to talk about, because I've never actually watched Four Christmases with like an analytical brain, a critical brain. It's just always. Correct. Like it's always (laughs) just been like. Brain off, fun on. Like, I've just always been like, I don't give a shit about the flaws in this movie. I just want to watch it. And I was a little nervous about watching this because a lot of nostalgic movies that I've been watching recently haven't been, like, doing the job that I remember them to be doing. (laughs) So I was a little nervous. And as soon as the first, like, 15, 20 minutes were up, I was like, oh, man, am I in for a rough ride? Because we have to talk about this. The first 15, 20 minutes of this movie, they hammer home the fact multiple different ways that they don't like Christmas. Yeah. They're not, like you said it best. You said you looked at me and you said it best. They're not your average couple. They don't like Christmas. And it's yeah. like, that's crazy. We get it. You don't need to say that in scene one or scene two when they're like um, talking about lying to their families. And then in mm-hmm. scene two... They're at a dinner party all of a sudden, and they're like, yeah, we're not doing that. We're lying to our families because we don't want to do Christmas. We want to go vacation. Yeah. And then at the the, the dance thing, and they're like, we don't believe in normal marriage. We don't believe in, in, like, having children, which is fine. But they got to really hammer these things home three, four, five different ways. And it's like, we could have gotten this in one goddamn scene. You could have spent at least, like, 10 minutes max on this. And instead, you go for, I feel like 25 to 30 minutes of this movie was just them being like, I don't want to do Christmas this year. Yeah. I had written in my notes, they are so happy because they don't conform to social norms. Yeah, that's that's the vibe. Like, as soon as you said it, it was like that glass shattering moment from How I Met Your Mother where, like, you can't look at something the same again because it was like, they are. Like, why are they doing this? Uh-huh. And I had the thought in my head. And then when you vocalized it, I was like, okay, so it's not just me noticing that. And I just, I never really picked up on it before until until now. And it's just like. I feel like it's just an excuse to get Vince Vaughn to just rattle off improv, <laughs> like improv shit about why he doesn't believe in marriage and kids and yeah. conforming to society's norms, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just about how you do it in the movie. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have a 30-minute scene about that. The movie's only an hour and 28 minutes long, including the credits. Right. 
No, but before we, like, even before that happens, I just want to talk about the literally the very first scene. It throws you for a loop. Yeah, not the typical Christmas yeah. movie opening. So the first scene, there's two people at a bar. They start having a conversation that turns into a fight, which turns into having sex in the bathroom. Yeah. And then they go home together. Yeah. And you find out that they actually live together and they're boyfriend and girlfriend and they go out and they role play and that's like part of their sex that's life. That's their date night. And it I gave was... me an idea for our next date night. I was like, no! maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but I was, I was going to ask, do you think you could hold character like they No, do? <laughs> absolutely not. Not in that way because she was like, I'm not having any of your stupid shit, little boy. And he was like, get back here, woman. And I was like, whoa, yeah. this is just really intense. And I don't know if I could like look you in the eye after like being that character and be like, because he asked her, how was he for you? Did he work for you? Yeah. Did you like the character? Did you buy that he was from North Dakota? And she was right. like, how oh, is it Minnesota? And it's like, just they, a bizarre conversation. They, and it's just an odd opening. They literally create like this entire persona and then put it on. Yeah. And go out and flirt on each other and hit on each other, which seems kind of interesting. It seems like it might keep it spicy. Mm-hmm. You get to date a different person for the night. In the bathroom stall of a bar. But I don't know how I wouldn't laugh at you. No, exactly. Because you know the person <laughs> behind the mask. I think it's because they're so committed to their own bit that they're like the other one is also committed to their bit yeah. so hard. And it's like who can hold character the longest. Yeah. As soon as one breaks, it's game over. It's game over. And I feel like all the sexual energy is just sucked out of the room as soon as that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. But why this scene? Like I feel like this was written specifically to just be like... I Look think how it's fun sh- they are. Right. I think it's to show like they're like, they're a flirty fun couple. Although it's... An they're o- doing spicy stuff. They're not doing mm. the normal stuff. And although it's like an odd way to start a Christmas movie, I didn't dislike it. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I thought it was a fun way to introduce the characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, really show their personalities are the complete opposite of what they just showed us. Uh, I found it to be like just... I mean, it was just hilarious. But... It is an odd way to start a Christmas movie. Yeah, you don't you know, know it's I mean? a Christmas movie. Right, until first. like 13, 14 minutes in where they're like, yeah, oh, by the way, do we don't do Christmas. And it's like, okay, cool. We're going on a trip. I feel like they could have just done that trip. Like they could have had the conversation about the trip, cut out the whole dance thing, cut out like the whole dinner party thing with his coworkers. And then, and they also just make Christmas seem like horrible. Yeah. Like, especially in that scene where he's like, he's talking to his coworker, um... Kevin from the office, and he goes, you know, I get, I have to go to my aunt so and so's house and sleep on in her basement with my wife on a pullout couch and her seven cats. And he's like, that's awful. And he's like, that's Christmas. And he's like, that sounds miserable. I just wouldn't do that. Like as a normal person, wouldn't you just say, I'm not doing that, and just do your own Christmas? I just feel like I feel like they make it seem like people are making these horrific sacrifices. To enjoy family time. And I feel like most people in the world aren't in that situation. They like go to their family's house and they're just like, Christmas time. And they have fun and then they leave. You know what I mean? Yeah. They make everybody who has to do a normal, what society says is a normal Christmas, seem like they're miserable doing it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. I think they honestly are, are like so against it because both of their parents are divorced. So it's yeah. not, it's literally <laughs> four Christmases to go to. And they all happen on Christmas Day. Yeah, like which most, is just crazy. Right. I feel like most people, if they have more than one Christmas, like, it's usually not all on the same day. Yeah. We're attend. lucky that we... My parents are divorced, but right. they would get together for Christmas Eve, and we do Christmas on Christmas Eve because it's my mother's birthday. Mm-hmm. Then we go to your family's for Christmas Day. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
I feel like there has to be a little wiggle room with what happens for actual Christmas. And this movie's just like, no, all four of them expect every them to show up on Christmas Day. Yeah. It's like, this is too much. Like, I actually, watching this movie, you're like, there's no way this is all one day. Right, there's because no way. Because how much happens. Like, there's actually no way there's this no is way. all happening in one day. How, they are, they're living a different day than I than I because right. I, have, I do not have this as much time in my day. Right. They go to his dad's house first. And then to her mother's house to church. It's like, what time is this church yeah. kicking things off on Christmas? One in the afternoon? What the fuck are you guys doing? And then it's just, it's too much happening. And we've been to San Francisco where this takes place. You're not getting from point A to point B that fast. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> just saying. And also, the first Christmas they attend, like, what time is it? Because the woman's serving squeezed cheese on crackers. Right. Is that for brunch? Right, it feels, and also it just feels, like, the look of it feels like high noon. Like, there's going to be a duel in the front yard, you know what I mean? Yes. But I do want to talk about, real quick, I had this in my nose, I do like some of this stuff because it does show the less magical side of Christmas. Oh, yeah. Which is refreshing because it's done in a fun way most of the time, where it's just, like, all of the people who are at the designated places are having fun. It's right. Brad and Kate, the two main characters who have to show up, who are not having fun because they're the ones that have to do all the travel. They're the ones that have to bend their schedule. Yeah. And I love that. It shows that people are sacrificing their comfort. They're accepting the chaos and the stress that comes with that to make sure everybody is having a right. fun Christmas. And I love that. I think it's because they're the only ones without kids. And if you think about it, like, realistically, if you have kids, Christmas should be at your house. Yes. Because they don't have, like, you don't have to travel with all that stuff. You don't have to get kids up. Like, it's, the magic of Christmas is waking up at your own house and doing all of that stuff at your own house. Because Santa's supposed to come to your house, not Uncle Bob's house. Christmas is chaotic and stressful, but you do it because you want to be with the ones you love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so I like that it's not this, like, magical day that shows everything going perfect all of the time. Yeah. And I think that is something that's, it's refreshing, and I think they did a good job of showing... That it can be a little stressful. Like Christmas can be chaotic. Yeah. yeah. It, it's the chaos you go through. It's not so much the sacrifice and the comfort. I wasn't like, I, I mean, when I go to my mom's house, I'm not sleeping in the basement. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if that were the option, I would just have to leave at the end of the night. You know what I'm saying? But I think they did showing uh, they did a good job showing that you do have to have a little wiggle room in your schedule to make sure you're there. Right. Of these four Christmases, like, I was definitely watching this, like, being like, you know, this this Christmas is, is probably the best to go to, and this Christmas would just be unbearable, like, terrible. I don't want to go there. I would literally just never go. Yeah. I think the worst Christmas out of all these, I don't know if you'll agree with me, is Brad's dad's. Yeah, no, it's awful. Brad's dad's it's is brutal. bad. It's brutal. Because at least the rest of the parents are, like, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brad's dad is just cranky and mean. He's the definition of a couch dad. He's just checked out. He's, he's like just not happy. He hears the noise. Like he's the type of dad that if he heard the toilet flushing four times in a row upstairs, he would just yell, "Hey, knock that off!" He wouldn't go look what's going on. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's just so wrapped up in being as lazy as he possibly can, essentially that he just doesn't give a shit. Right. And boys are boys. Like his his motto is definitely "boys will be boys." Right. I mean, he lets them beat the absolute piss right. out of they're Brad. Right, they're grown adults. Like, yeah. Grown up adults with children, and they're beating Brad up, and then getting upset about the present that they brought. That's Without telling him that there has to be a spending cap. Right. They don't tell him he there's a $10 no spending cap. He doesn't fucking know, and he shows up with an Xbox, and they're pissed at and him. It's like, you gotta tell why that. Why don't you just be happy that you don't have to buy that for your child Right. Now? 
or your right. child's not going to be begging you for that. Right. That was just unbearable. Like, that just would suck to me. Like, they're already being mean. To- they're being mean to her. They're being mean to yeah. him. They're just not very friendly. No one is friendly at all. Agreed. They're just assholes. Brad falls off a roof. Yeah. They're not appreciative of the satellite dish he gets. That, right. You and know what I mean? Yeah. And they're just like, not like who is so blatantly, like, rude about presents? Like, the dad's just like, I don't want that. Take right. it back. And yeah. It's just like, that's so... So that would be the worst Christmas. It was just over the top bad. I'm not sure that this Christmas would ever actually happen anywhere because it was just, it's next level. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it is hands down, I think, I think my, the scariest of all the Christmases. Yeah. And I feel like the most normal was the grandfather at the end, Kate's yes. father, but we don't see it. They're just like, it's Christmas dinner time and everyone's there. Right. But I think that was meant to show, like, it actually shows you, like, her kind of relief at the end of the day. Yeah, no, like, I mean, obviously, yeah, for sure. This is what, she, it's almost like she's, like, goes there and she's, like, this is this is what Christmas is about. Yeah, because I mean, she even shares like that moment most, with her father. The normal, like, her parents who are divorced are actually together, mm-hmm. so they're celebrating all together, even with his new wife or new girlfriend or whatever she And is. her new boyfriend. And they're just all together, and it, I think it's the, part, the Christmas that was, like, okay, this day is now not so bad. Yeah. And so that was my most, like, bearable It's the most normal. Christmas. It's the most normal. Because if you think about it, they went from getting the shit beat out of them mm-hmm. to the bounce house Christmas. Right. And having and to be on stage. All the women hitting on Brad. Oh, yeah. And then having to be on stage and as... telling crappy stories about Kate. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just par for the course, though, when you go to a significant other's yeah. family's house. They're like, we're going to tell them embarrassing stories and show them embarrassing pictures. Yeah. But some of them are, like, a little far. No, I mean, yeah, for sure. They're they're awful. Like, they, they keep... And they also call her mean names. Yeah. And, I mean, they're just, like, trudging up things from, like, high school and middle school that are just absolutely mean rather right. than just, like, cute, embarrassing stories. And it almost feels like they're doing it to, like, turn him off from her so that she, he likes them. But they're both married or, like... I just feel like they're just it's so used weird. to bullying her that they just want him to also bully her. They just want her. themselves to look better. Yeah. The mom and the sister. Right. Yeah. When it's sure. like, wouldn't you want, like, the man that is dating your wife to like your... Or dating your daughter to like your daughter the most? It's like they're like... Or just like her at all. I feel like they're just trying to, like, beat her down as yeah. much as possible. Which is, like, her whole thing. She's like, right. they're mean to me. But, yeah. So, the um, Kate's dad's is definitely, like, the best. Yeah. The most normal. The most just, like calm like everyone is just like chilling but i must say i mean we i was gonna say we skipped one completely we went my runner-up for best is brad's mom Mm -hmm. because you know what i'm a sucker for games and they're playing charades i don't know what that game was they're playing some sort of game they just gotta guess the word based on like a hint that's it yeah yeah but they can't yeah but I, I'm a sucker for a game. Games that I love a family game. I think the competitiveness of it is hilarious because it would be me. I feel like it's somewhat normal until you realize that his ex best friend from high school <laughs> is now his stepdad, basically. But again, and that's least, when it takes the turn. At least he's nice. No, I agree. But that's <laughs> when you're like, why doesn't he like her? She's just like a normal like. I mean, she's kind of like granola e and brad is definitely not yeah but she's nice and then that happens and you realize oh okay well now i get it and then during the game she doesn't get the rules so she's just like constantly berating brad and he cannot handle it yeah so i feel like that's playing a game with my family 
Watching that scene, I was like, that's playing a game with, with my yeah, family. Like, no ah, one gets the rules. We're all yelling at each other. Christmas Eve with the Clifford. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Like, we're just like, it's just we make up the rules as we go, and no one's actually following the same rules. And when you're not following them, someone gets mad at you. And then it's like, literally. yeah, it just devolves into a fight. And then, but there's, but like, you're always. I feel like you're the, the last couple that goes, or the first couple that goes, the one that, like, they guess all the questions right. I feel like that would be you. You'd just yeah. be like, come on, give me the give me the question. I'll get it right. And you just nail it. And then I'm over here, like, fumbling, bumbling. I don't I don't know what's going on no. most of the time. Kyle is definitely the guy that, like, ch- like, makes up rules in a game as we're playing the game. And it's just, like, the most annoying thing. Because I'm like, the game has rules. You don't need to make up your own, your own rules. Here's game. the thing. The Clifford household... We had to make up our own rules because no one ever read the instructions to anything. <laughs> so we did make up our own rules. And for the longest time, I had to defend myself a little bit only because for the longest time, I thought those were the rules until I met you, someone who has read the rule book to every game we've ever played. <laughs> and you're like, that's not what it says in section C, paragraph nine, line four of the Monopoly handbook. And I'm like, I didn't even know there was a handbook, dog. I'm just, we just always made it up as we went along, which is why no one knows the rules and why it's so fucking confusing when we play games because no one's following the same rules. And then it just turns into a fight. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone's so, following different rules. So we try to avoid the games at all costs. Like that scene, I have to say, that scene actually gives me so much anxiety because I'm like, <laughs> I'm just stressed out because I'm literally Brad in that situation and I feel like Sissy Spacek is his mother and she's just not giving him a chance to actually answer any of the questions. Yeah. And that would be me. Like his his reaction is just so me because he's like, why are you beeping me? I'm allowed to say the word. Like he's trying to explain the rules to his mother, but he's also running out of time to play the game. And I'm just sitting, like my palms are sweaty. I was I was stressing out. I was like, I feel you, Brad. Like this is just making me so anxious. I can't I can't watch this scene. <laughs> and it's just a calm little scene about families playing games together and how stressful it can be. But it's like it it just gets me down to my core, man. I like it. I knew you loved that scene. Gets I knew my for blood sure. Pumping. Gets the freaking juices flow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. Feels ho- it feels like home. <laughs> so one thing that I would like to talk about is how these people just didn't know each other at all. Brad and Kate. Oh yeah. They don't fucking know each other at all. They're too busy making up fake personas. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that's it. I wonder if it's because they actually are making up fake personas because. They've never once had a conversation about kids and marriage, about that ever changing. It's just always been yeah. like, we don't want that. And they've never talked about it once. And when Kate starts to have doubts, he's like, well, we're not doing that. He's just, that's the main conflict of the movie right. is these Christmas parties they go to start to reveal something new about their partner. And ultimately it, it leads to them breaking up. But in the end, obviously they get back together because right. Brad's willing to be a normal adult and have conversations about maybe right. potentially someday... Having children or getting married. Um, which if you don't want to, that's fine. But like you got to have those conversations. Right. She doesn't even know Brad's real name is Orlando. Yes. Like they don't even, like she doesn't even know his real name. Brad has never met Kate's mother. Yet yeah. they've been together for like four years. And also doesn't know that she's dated women. That she's only exclusively dated women up to Brad. Yeah. Makes no sense. And also that they just genuinely didn't know shit about each other's childhood. Childhoods. She, he didn't know she went to fat camp for a little while. Mm-hmm. He didn't, or she didn't know that he, uh, that his brothers were like UFC trained MMA fighters, essentially. That's what Brad right. says. And I mean, like, they just don't know each other. They're just people who, it felt more like they were roommates who just tried to duck out on Christmas. Here's why. 
they live their relationship, their life very much surface level because they don't want to get into anything deeper because deeper is when it gets messy and think that's things you don't want to do. So their relationship is incredibly surface level because surface level is fun. They don't want to do anything that is deeper or more meaningful because that's when they're going to have arguments and they just don't want to have arguments so they just don't even talk about it. That is great insight because that, that's true for sure. It's a little bit of the role playing thing where they're like, uh, we're just, um, you know, so-and-so from Missouri. You know what I mean? But I mean, that's a joke. But obviously it's because like you said, they just don't want the entanglement of like, if they know too much, it makes it harder to leave kind of yeah. thing. You know, they want it, they want the door always a little bit open. Right. And so they don't know each other. But how could you spend your life with someone and not know their real name? And, like, as the movie goes, obviously, that's the point. They don't really know each other. That's the whole point. But it's just disturbing to me to watch these people who are, like, think they have the world figured out and they're the best people out there because they don't conform to Christmas and they go on vacations together and all this stuff. But then she doesn't know his name is Orlando and he doesn't know she went to fat camp as a kid. I mean, it's not, like, huge details. I mean, someone's name is a pretty important detail. But, like... These other details of, like, Brad's childhood and Kate's childhood, they're not huge, but the things you would talk about at, like, 3 in the morning on those nights where you just stay up on the couch and, right. and you're just, like, talking with your partner. You know what I mean? Like, we've all had those moments. It feels like they've never had a deep moment. And the one time they do, Kate's trying to, like, have an actual conversation and Brad is like, nope, I am shutting down. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, tunes her out completely. Yeah. But, no, it's just because they're both very selfish, selfish individuals mm-hmm. and they don't want to dirty like they don't want they don't want to be depressed by anything it's all just sunshines and rainbows so they just don't talk about anything right it's sort of it's sort of like anything that can cause an argument they're just like no not talking about it right i agree 100 percent. because i feel i feel like if they did have that it would be a stain on their relationship which if you look at their childhoods and where the families turned out it makes sense why they wouldn't want that to happen because this you know they might look at it as like a slight black mark on their relationship is going to end the relationship both of their parents are divorced so i mean maybe that impacted them i mean obviously it had to have but i just i just feel like this movie it's so dumb to say this but i'm gonna say it i feel like this movie is a christmas movie that says something outside of the fact that oh christmas is about family this movie to me was trying to just say like Hey, maybe dig a little deeper in your relationship, live outside of your comfort zone with one another, mm-hmm. really get to know each other, and that's how you have a happy life. Yeah. I mean, even at the end, they have Kate gives birth and they don't even tell their family she was pregnant. You know what I mean? Like they just they want to keep it so private and everything so like top-notch, perfect surface level relationship that they just never they fail to ever really get past that. Yeah, because if you don't go below surface level, then it's harder to get hurt yeah and they're both worried about getting hurt because both of their parents are divorced exactly so. yeah i know i i totally agree i totally agree i have one last thing written down they just want to live the good life too they're like we're fun and we're only fun so we're not going to do anything that makes us not have fun right and they just like <laughs> brad's like i don't want a kid because i don't want to have that responsibility and bring it right? into a fucked they're up selfish. world yeah which is i don't think it's selfish to not want kids I think it's selfish to not let to not listen no. to your partner. But the way they look at the world is selfish. They're like, we're not doing Christmas because it sucks, and it's just like, okay, but Christmas isn't always for yourself. It's for your family. Yeah, no, I, I agree with I agree that they're selfish in terms of like 
they're not willing to give themselves to their families. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, but I do think that it's selfish of Brad to not even consider the conversation in the car with her on the way to the last Christmas oh, where yeah. they break up because she's like, I don't know if I want kids. I just want to know that we can have a conversation about it. And he's like, I'm not do. He's like, no, we agreed that when we got together, that would never happen. And it's like, right. you're just not even but willing people, to listen. People change their mind. Right. People, people change like, their minds. You exactly. You five years older and you're like, man, I didn't want kids when I was 20, but now I'm 25 and yeah, I want kids. I also feel like, you know, people change their minds. Your parents got married and got divorced. You know what I mean? Like people grow, they change. Don't, things don't always stay static. That's not what life is. Right. And we're reading so far into a stupid Christmas movie. That's a, I don't think an so. hour and 28 minutes long, but like the movie at least tries to say something, whether it's convoluted or it's not very clear, at least tries to say something. And I appreciate that yeah. in and of itself. Do you have anything else you would like to talk about? No. I have just one last thing then. Brad breaks the illusion that Santa's not real. Yeah. To his nephews. They both looked old enough to know Santa wasn't at least one of them. The oldest yeah. one looked old enough to know Santa wasn't real. He looked about 10, 11 maybe, 12 pushing it. And I feel like that's around that's a good age. I mean, the you you got to know. No, the oldest oh, one. Okay, yeah. The younger one maybe he would probably still think that. Yeah. But the oldest one being like, "What Santa's not real?" I was like, "Come on, dog." Yeah. Come on, dog. You know, you know. But I just feel like Brad's made to be like, I mean, it is kind of a dick move. Like, there is a child in the room, Brad. And I feel like he's like, oh, well, he's old enough to know. He doesn't even feel bad that he even said it. Mm -hmm. He only starts to feel bad when the kid strips down to his underwear and jumps out the window. You know what I mean? He streaks when he doesn't know how to process his feelings. (laughs) He always comes back. Like, the way she's just not worried about it at all kills me. But I wanted to ask you, that leads me to my question. How old were you when you found out Santa wasn't real? I honestly don't know because no one was ever just like told me flat out Santa's not real and I was never like what like it wasn't like a heartbreaking thing to me like mm. it kind of just like I got old enough to realize that Santa's handwriting looked exactly like my grandmother's <laughs> and it's because I was like wow Grammy's presence handwriting is the same as Santa's presence handwriting yeah and I was just like I just got to that point and I never like I think I went a few years before I went like told my my parents my grandmother that I was just like Santa's not real. Right. Like, I like I kind of faked it for a while where I was just like, yeah, Santa, Santa's coming. Yeah. But there was never a point where, I, like, someone spilled the beans for me and I was like, Santa's not real? What are you talking about? Just kind of grew up. I gr- honestly grew old enough to notice. I feel like that's most people's story is it's like <laughs> no one outright told me. I feel like the, like movies make it seem like there's an older brother or an aunt or an uncle who are like, it's not real, big guy. But I feel like most real life scenarios, people just got old enough to know it's just not real. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was 12. (laughs) And I had known... It's really old. I had known when I was like (laughs) 9 or 10, but chose to continue to believe because I have a younger sister who's four years younger than me. And so when I was like 9 or 10, I had heard my parents moving all the gifts from downstairs upstairs. Because my bed was my, my bedroom was right above the, the where they kept the presents. Yeah. So I could hear them. And I just knew. But I wanted to choose. Like I chose to believe until I was 12. And I can remember my sister coming up to me. And I, I and I, I, she came up to me and she was like, is Santa real? And I was like, if you're old enough to ask and you're questioning, you should probably know Santa's not real. Uh-huh. So I was like, I don't think so. I think it's mom and dad. 
and she was just like, okay. Like, she wasn't devastated. I feel like she just kind of, like, was already questioning and, like, yeah. I just need to confirm with my older sibling that we're on the same page here just in case. <laughs> and I was like, if, they, if she's willing to ask, at that point when they're asking, they've already got some sort of inkling that that's not real. But I think she also maybe was looking for you to, con- like, just, like, follow along with the charade and just keep it real there's a her. chance there's a chance but uh when when i asked her how she knew she did point out that santa's handwriting looks a lot like dad's handwriting yeah. <laughs> and what's funny is uh so santa <clears throat> for those who don't know santa used to write us personal notes <laughs> so we were like real good kids and so it was my dad writing these notes my dad has very distinct cursive handwriting uh-huh. you'd never guess it my dad has beautiful penmanship it's fucking gorgeous uh, I can't read cursive, unfortunately. <laughs> so Paige would always read our notes. And she just got to the point where she was doing what you did. She noticed the writing on the presents was matching. Because my mom did a lot of the present writing because she didn't write the notes. Mm-hmm. But my dad occasionally would. And she, I think, caught on to that and was able to look at the notes and be like, Dad and Santa's handwriting look a lot alike. That's it. We're printing all of our, our <laughs> everything. Our yeah. That's it. Okay. So do you have anything else you want to talk about? No. Okay, let's pop over to a new segment where we talk about our favorite scenes. Oh no, you boys get hurt. I lose custody again. So in this segment, it's, I mean, it's what I just said. We're going to say our favorite scene and our least favorite scene. And uh, I'll let you go first. Give me your favorite scene first. My favorite scene is when Kate is holding her sister's baby. And the baby spits up (laughs) on on her. It goes up all over her. And Brad starts... (laughs) violently driving <laughs> being like get it away from me i can't be around it get it away from me i can't be around it and it's not it's like not on him like it's literally baby spit up like no one is gro- like grossed up it like, smells like formula you know what i mean like, it doesn't even smell bad and he's literally five feet away gagging me like get it away i can't, I can't be around it i can't be around it he's like driving <laughs> she's literally covered in it and she looks at him and she's like why are you freaking? Like, she's fine. Yeah. He's losing his mind. It's so funny. That's me with hair. <laughs> me with hair. Uh, my favorite scene is Brad getting beat to shit by his nephews. <laughs> I always... The scene is unhinged. It is a lunatic thing to happen. And every time I watch it, I'm like, there's no fucking way that someone in that room wouldn't be like, what the fuck is happening? But instead, they just let it happen. And his two nephews who are like 10 and let's say like 8... Beat the absolute piss out of him. And the kid grabs him by his ears and says, Google me, bitch. And I lose it every fucking time. Because Vince Vaughn selling it is great. And then when the camera pans away from him, because the grandfather's yelling. And then they pan back to him. He is rolled over on his stomach. Face down like a dead body. And when Kate touches him, he pulls himself back and like flinches away from her. Uh-huh. And it just, every time I watch it, I mean, I, I fucking die laughing. It's the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. Yeah. My least favorite scene is when Brad and Kate are at the dance class. And the other couples are like, obviously they're 
taking dance classes for their oh, wedding. Yeah. And so they asked them, we're like, oh, like, when's the date? Like, when's your wedding? And they're like, what? We're not having a wedding because we don't feel the need to get married to be with each other. And it's just like, shut up. Like, right. these people are happy, newly engaged, taking dance classes for their wedding. Like, don't fucking ruin it for them. Right. Like, like do your thing, but let them dumb. do their thing. Right. Agreed. And they're just be like, we just don't believe in marriage. Like, we don't believe that should be, like, why we're together. We love, I like, love her. She loves me. Why do we need a piece of paper to define that? Yeah. And it's like, the other people don't really get a chance to have a good rebuttal because the movie has, obviously, an agenda against that, which is fine. But it's also like, don't yuck their yum, my guy. Right. Just say your piece and move on. You don't need to, like, beat it into the ground. I... I agree because it's also so exposition heavy. Like we could have guessed that they're probably not the normal, like conformative relationship, uh, just based on like everything we've seen up to that point. Because that takes place twenty minutes into the movie. Like right. we get it, dude. We understand. It's just so exposition heavy and it's so useless. Right. Like you simply have to say like, oh, we're not get engaged. We just are like are at dance class to bond with each other because it's fun. Yeah. We you could just say to, that exactly. We don't need to tell them the whole that whole story. About how dumb marriage is to these engaged people. And let's be honest, they're strangers. I feel like they wouldn't be saying these things to strangers. They don't right. even have time. They don't even give the time of the day to their families. Why would they give the time of the day to these strangers? Mm-hmm. My least favorite scene. It's such a small thing, but it kills me and ruins the scene every time I watch it. It's when Brad and Kate go to his mother's house and play the game. In the background. Dallas's son is there. Yes. And he simply is there for a pot brownie joke. Yes. There's no rhyme or reason. <laughs> Dallas isn't there. Dallas's other son isn't there. Why is this kid here? He's literally there just so that way they can say, those are Grammy's special brownies. Put that down, sweetie. <laughs> Dude, dumb joke. Dumb scene. Didn't need to Sucks there, me out yeah. of the moment. It doesn't need to be there. Like, we get in the... <clears throat> Brad's mom is crunchy granola. We don't... Like, she doesn't even need to have pop brownies in the house. Like, right. Like, we get it. Like, we, we could... It. Look at her. I can tell she smells like weed. I don't need to fucking actually <laughs> know she's doing it. Okay. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and jump into our next section, which is our ratings and the Letterboxd reviews. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Auntie Kate, will you please hold him while I fix myself? Uh, yeah. What, 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 what do you want well, me to do? Well, you gotta hold him. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got him? Hang on. I just need to just fix myself here. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what should I do with him? See if he made a stinky. How do I do that? Just lift up his diaper and see if he made one. Oh. Oh, yeah. There's something in here. Oh, it, it's a really disgusting... <laughs> Jackson, oh, did you project? Oh, did you project on him? Oh, did you project on him? I'm about it. I can't be around. Okay, Marilyn, get him some water. I'm about to. Oh God. Oh, I'll get sick. I can't be here. What? What do I do? Take it away from me. I'm sorry. I love you. You gotta get out of here. I can't breathe. I wouldn't do it too. Okay. I'm gonna ask you, Cass. Rate four Christmases for me. I give this movie three Christmases. Three Christmas. Three it's, Christmases. Three four Christmases gets three Christmases. <laughs> no, it's a good. It's like it's just a middle of the road movie. Like it's good. Nothing special. And not don't watch this movie. And I'm like, oh my god, this movie is amazing. But I don't watch this movie and go like, eh, gross movie. Like bad movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Middle of the road. <laughs> so Cass can attest to this. I almost vomited. I was laughing so hard. Yes. I mean, I laughed so hard. I put myself into a coughing spell because I was like real sick when we watched it. 
almost threw up and then just kept laughing and Cass was like you gotta stop like you have yeah. to stop it's it's gross at this point because it was um but this movie outside of just like a Christmas movie it's a hilarious comedy yeah I think it's one of the best comedies of that year 2008 I think that as a Christmas movie it's one of the best so I'm gonna go ahead and give this four Christmases I'm giving four Christmases four Christmases motherfucker <laughs> uh, I had to do it to him this movie is great. I think it is awesome. I love everything about it. Um, the the really only reason I can't give it five stars is because I just it, it's just a Christmas movie. Yeah, like it's just not like a, it's not a it's not saying anything. It's not doing anything. It's just a fun, easy to watch movie, and that's awesome. There's a time and a place for that for sure. But it's just like the max this could have possibly gotten is four. You yeah. know what I mean? So that's that's all I'm gonna give it. Would you hazard to guess as to what Letterbox Community has given this? Three point two. You're close. Your original rating is closer oh, really? to the actual rating this has on Letterboxd. Is it 2.8? It has a 2.6. A 2.6. So when I look at Letterboxd and I see a movie has a 2.6, in my head I go, that's a bad movie. <laughs> um, clearly, this movie just proves that that's not the case. Because I <laughs> fucking love this movie and it is a very, very good movie. So Letterboxd... Um, all 102,000 of you should be ashamed of yourself for rating this anything below a four. Well, now I'm excited for the reviews. I did try to cherry pick some that made it, I gave it a favorable uh, <laughs> light. Um, our first review is from Ryan, and they gave it three stars with uh, a heart and said, Any movie where an eight year old yells, Google me, bitch, while he's beating a Vince Vaughn is at least three stars. <laughs> I agree with you that it is at least three stars for that scene alone. I mean, that oh scene is just fantastic. God. The next one is more in line with probably what you would think. Um, Megan gave it one star and says, Makes me wish that Christmas and all other holidays did not exist. This movie... Dark, Megan. This That's movie dark. stole Megan's joy for holidays. That's how bad they <laughs> thought it was. Megan, you're being dramatic. You're being a little mean, okay? <laughs> Uh, next up we have Claire. They gave it three stars as well and said, you know something's written by a man when not one, not two, but three of the only conversations between women are about titties. <laughs> and to be honest, I didn't notice that. But when I started thinking back, I was like, you know, there is a lot of like titty stuff going on. It's not all sexual. It's just that there's a lot of attention brought to tits in this movie for some reason. Kate does try the breast pump. And also we see a couple breastfeeding scenes. Yeah. And we just, like, it's a lot of boob stuff going on. Um, <laughs> which is, like, you know, fine. But it is it is true that they do talk about their boobs a lot. And then I had to double check to make sure this was written by only men so I could, like, see. Uh, I've never bothered to look who wrote this. It's written by four dudes. Four dudes wrote this movie. And now that I'm saying that, I think maybe, what if they were, like, each dude... Is like, I had a really shitty Christmas one time. And they're like, let's just make it one movie. <laughs> Next up, we have Neve. I think that's how it's pronounced. They gave it two and a half stars. And they quoted something from the movie and said, I don't want to speak ill of your mother on Christmas, but she's nothing but a common street whore. And then said, what a mood. Um, that is a terrible mood. I feel like that is such a mean thing to say. I don't care if you're divorced. You don't say that about your children's mom. Right? She's nothing but a common street whore. And she's Golly. clearly not a whore. Yeah, she's clearly not. She's not a whore. But we don't know what happened. We don't know what went down with the whole, like... Maybe she cheated with 
the grad kid. Yeah, you never friend. know. We didn't. We need a prequel. We need a four Christmas prequel. How did we get here? Neve, uh, <laughs> you are the reason we're getting a four Christmas prequel. Uh, last, <laughs> but, last but not least, we have Colin Taylor, and this is kind of a long one. They gave it two and a half stars and mm-hmm. said, "Listen, Seth Gordon, this movie is called Four Christmases, and you delivered the promise of there being four Christmases." However, when you show all these equally wacky families that engage in hijinks, I expect all of these families to meet at the end in some third act culmination of every family we've met in the film so far. Instead, they don't do that. These families will just stay isolated and miserable until the end of time. But I feel like that's how it actually happens. Like, a lot of times, like, there's just no intermingling. Like, there's a reason you go to this person's house and this person's house and this person's house. Why would you go to all these houses if at the end everyone was going to be together? And have you seen Brad and Kate's fucking house? They could have everybody there. <laughs> it was gorgeous. They could have everybody there if they wanted to. Uh, how long? We've been together probably as long as they... I can't remember how long they say they've been together, but yeah. we've been around that same time. Our families have never had Christmas together. No. So And, and we live together and like going to Christmas. So, like... yeah. I don't think I don't think that ruins the movie or anything, but I do I do wish that maybe we could have seen just like some sort of interaction between the families because I think yeah. it would have been fun just to see how those personalities get together. You know True, what I mean? True, but I don't think it's weird that they. No, did. I don't think it's. I also don't think it's necessary. I think it's probably the smart decision not to do I that because you're adding right. twenty minutes to the movie by doing that. The point is that there are four separate Christmases yeah. that they have to attend, and that's why they don't like Christmas. Yeah, that's and the point. I agree, and I don't think it's like it ruins the movie. I think it probably would actually take away from the movie if they did that because you're adding just so much time. Next up is our uh, new segment, my favorite segment, where I ask you questions. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. So the first question I have for you, I have five questions for you. Uh, The first one I have is, who wanted to avoid Christmas more, Brad and Kate or the Cranks from Christmas with the Cranks? Brad and Kate. I agree. Because in the beginning of Christmas with the cranks, like she's all for like she's like we can't do that on Christmas. Like mm-hmm. she's all about Christmas and then she gets convinced to not do Christmas. Yeah. But I think the whole time she kind of wants to do Christmas. She does. Like she's kind of strong-armed into not doing it and then she only I feel like the only reason she goes along with not doing it throughout the whole movie is simply to spite the neighbors at one point because they start right. to like really harass them for their Christmas stuff. And so I feel like maybe she's like more just so being like, "Hey man, fuck off." But as she, like you said in the beginning, has to be convinced to not do Christmas because their mm-hmm. daughter's not coming home. Right. But I think I also agree that Brad and Kate, because they are, they've never done Christmas together. They've always gone vacationing. Right. They've never done it with their families. And I feel like just watching them try to get out of it is way more than the cranks ever right. tried to do. You and know what like, I mean? With the cr- with the cranks, they're just like, oh, let's just not do Christmas this year. Right. Right. It's one year. It's because their daughter's not coming home. It makes right. sense. You know what I mean? My second question has to do with what's more embarrassing. Getting caught on live television in the airport after lying to your family, saying, we can't come to Christmas, or relentlessly being made fun of for being a virgin like in Hocus Pocus. (laughs) Kind of unrelated, but... I would say it's probably more embarrassing to be caught on camera at an airport after lying to your parents. Because I feel like it's just common for people teens to be made fun of for being virgin yeah i mean he's also like i mean he's like 16 15 he should be a fucking virgin. you know it's not it doesn't matter like i don't think it's like you're 15 if you're a virgin that's kind of normal i feel like you know what i mean right. like that's not that big of a deal i do think they i mean they really beat the shit out of him for it though they're like virgin every five minutes like you're a virgin dude and it's like yeah his even his little sister who's like nine is like you're a virgin yeah dude so are you what the fuck are you talking about leave right. me alone but just getting caught after right after 
right after they got off the phone with their family saying they cannot come because they have to go inoculate babies in like Burma or whatever. <laughs> like they get caught at the airport in full Hawaiian getup. You know what I mean? Like right. they're going on vacation. They're not going to inoculate babies. You know what sounds, I know inoculate means to like give vaccinations, but inoculate to me sounds like they're like making test tube babies. To me, inoculate sounds like they're murdering. Oh. Like every time I hear the word inoculate, I'm like, they're going to kill those babies in Burma. For no reason. I think they're like going there to like do I like make make babies. Yeah. Like do like test two babies or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But no. inoculate means to vaccinate. Yeah. But it's just like a, such a specific way of talking. But like, why don't they say vaccinate? Yeah, I don't know. Because Brad, it's Vince Vaughn. He's always just like, his lexicon is odd. He's just like always saying shit. And you're like, where are you pulling this out of your ass from? Wouldn't all surprise me if most of his shit was improvised. Like he's just a, he's just a king of improvising. Next up, I have, which of the following Christmases sucked more? And you kind of answered it. Kate's yeah. mom or Brad's dad? Brad's dad. Brad's dad. Brad's yeah. dad. Yeah. And we talked about that, so we don't have to go too deep into it, but it just, it sucks. Kate's mom is passive aggressive. Brad's dad is just aggressive. Agreed. <laughs> well, because she's like, she's mean. She's more of like that, I'm going to torture you mentally, mom. Right. And Brad's dad is like, I'm just going to beat the shit out of you and I'm going to let other people beat the shit out of you and I'm also going to torture you mentally. Like, he's the worst of both of those worlds. She's kind of like just the mom that, like, teases their daughter in front of their daughter's boyfriend to, like... Yeah, to look cool. To look cool and to, like, almost, like, flirt. Like, yeah. Just, like, oh, for sure. Like, it's, like, their way of flirting. Like, my daughter's gross, but, like, I'm her hot, cool mom. It's sort of like if... if, if she reminds me... She would definitely be a mom that's, like... I fit into my daughter's jeans. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, hey, sweetie, nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Nobody we cares. wear We share clothes. Yeah, like, that's just sad <laughs> on your end, not your daughter's end. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have, uh, who got beat up worse? Brad by his brothers and nephews, or Kate by the Jump Jump Kids? The Jump Jump Kids. They beat the shit out of her, man. Yeah. They threw her around. They had tag team moves. They were like bouncing all over the place and slamming her down. And then they all at the, at one point ganged up and jumped all over and oh, yeah. just dog piled there. Yeah. By like 20 children. Yeah. A lot worse than what Brad had done. I do think Brad had it a little worse only no! because he was he was almost choked unconscious That's at true. one point. That's and true. his and brother was, was humping put, his like, head. He was getting put in like arm like stuff that I could actually really Really Fuck you up, him. yeah. But I don't know. The twenty children in the jump, jump all pile on top of you would be really anxiety. You gotta driven. assume that those kids are probably covered in snot, and they're probably Sweat. biting and licking and just like poking and just being nasty. Maybe even have a little pee on them. I don't know I how old these say. kids are. They're disgusting. You know what I mean? They're I probably know when gross. I jump on a trampoline, I pee. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I said yeah. Like that's totally normal. Um... I have to go with Brad only because, like, not only does he get beat up once by his brothers, he gets beat up a second time by his brothers, and then gets beat up a third time, but by his nephews. He gets beat up three times in a yeah. matter of, like, an hour at his dad's yeah. house, you know what I mean? And at one point, they have him in a full... They've got him in a full fucking uh, starfish, starfish position, and they're just beating him. I mean, it is so bad. <laughs> I gotta go... I gotta go Brad getting beat up by his nephews. The last one I have here is, which one of these was a more vicious beat down, Okay. Kate getting revenge on the Jump Jump kids and beating them up? Or Jennifer Lawrence suplexing those kids in no hard feelings? Jennifer Lawrence suplexing the kids. Yeah, that was awful, dude. Because that was hard ground. These kids were still in the bounce bounce, okay? And to be honest, let's like, if I'm being fair, uh, Kate 
lets them hurt themselves mostly. Right. She's like just smart. She outsmarts them. She like moves out of the way when they're coming. And then when one of the kids jumps, she just like literally takes him while he's in air and just pushes him out of the way and he goes flying and then uses psychological warfare telling her niece, she's like, I peed on that magic marker you're playing with. And she's like, yeah. you know what I mean? That mark in your mouth? I peed on it. Yeah, it's just, it's just like she outsmarts them but she doesn't actually do anything to them. They do it to themselves. And like you said, it's a, it's a jump jump. Yeah. It's a bounce bounce. They're fine. They'll, they'll, they're probably loving it. They get slammed to the ground and they're just like, boink, foop. They're just right up again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that sound effect. <laughs> boink, foop. Uh, but J-Laws, she actually puts the paws on these motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She And she's nude. And she's she's nude and she didn't give a fuck. <laughs> she kicked a woman in the vagina. She suplexed yeah. a teenager. Like, she put the beat down on these motherfuckers. I she's the one that got kicked in the vagina. No, she kicks she kicks the girl in the vagina, and then when the girl's on the ground, she kicks Je- uh, Jennifer Lawrence in the, in the oh. vagina. They both get kicked in the vagina. I see. Which, like, does that hurt in the same way as it would getting kicked in the balls? No. Not in the same way, but it, it does hurt, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming it's a fucking foot up the cooter. It's got to hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree. I think J-Law actually gives the, the gives them the pause. Like, she, she goes full-on lethal weapon on their motherfucking yeah. asses. Um, but that's it. Uh, we have another episode in the books. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, just so you guys know, I was actually a guest on the After Credits podcast. I probably should have said this at the top of the episode, but um, I wrote it down in my notes and then just forgot about it. Um, oh, nope, there it is. I did write it at the top of the notes. I wrote it twice and forgot about <laughs> it two times. So, um, But I had a blast over there. We talked for almost two hours. It was such a fun time. Uh, feel free to check me out over there. We just drafted our favorite movies from... Um, a list of 25 that came out in 2023 and it was just a great time. So if you want to hear me talk about that, you can jump over there. I also just recommend listening to the podcast. It's a different type of movie podcast. He doesn't just review movies. They talk about movie industries and just things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, so if you want to do that, um, it's called after credits and you can look up my episode. It should be out Monday. So it should have been out like maybe a few days before this episode actually, or after this episode. Yeah. After this episode, cause this is our current episode. So go ahead and look for that this coming Monday. Don't forget to please uh, rate us wherever you're listening. All of the ratings help. We appreciate it. And uh, with that said, watch a fucking Christmas movie.